Hey, welcome back to this episode of the Upper Room Family Podcast, where we exist to equip families to pursue God's design for discipleship, community, and dynasty. I have with me two very special people in Julie's and my lives, um, Justin and Amber Burns. Uh, Justin's my cousin, so is Amber uh, now, uh, being married to Justin for how many years, guys? 13. 13 years. Wow. So we're just edging you out with a few years. Yeah. Uh, on you. So over a decade of marriage, um, well on their way to two, three, four, five, I think grandma and grandpa have set the bar pretty high of almost seven decades of marriage. Um, I think won't this year be seven, 70 years? I think it's 70. Yeah. yeah 55, 2000. Okay. Maybe, maybe 69. I don't know. Anyway, a lot of decades and, um, Justin and Amber have a great, um, well, it's just a, a story of redemption and reconciliation, and this is a marriage podcast uh, specifically focusing on marriage and the covenant vows and God's plan for marriage, and, you know, even through adversity and, um, you know, I don't want to give the story away, but um, through a lot of adversity, mm-hmm. there's um, there's opportunity. There's opportunity for God to fill that void and uh, bring two people right back together. So uh, before we get into that, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about um, about you. Uh, yeah. So as you said, Dave, we've been married uh, just over 13 years. Uh, it seems like it's gone by really quick. Uh, <laughs> 13 years and six kids later. Um, we've been uh, uh, we've been married for. Um, we ended up meeting in college. Uh, Amber and I met at, uh, she was going to Lock Haven University and I was going to, uh, Penn Tech in Williamsport and, uh, we, we met in college, kind of got to know each other then. Through uh, like a mutual friend or how did you meet? Cause yeah. you were at separate colleges. Yeah. Separate colleges. Go ahead, Amber. Yeah, actually I had started at Penn Tech for a summer session cause oh. I needed some credits to get into Lock Haven. And during that time, a friend of ours introduced us and we stayed in contact for a couple years. Yeah. I think it was sophomore year of college. Yeah. And then we started hanging out and dating after that. Right. Yeah. And then we got uh, engaged our senior year of college and uh, graduated in May, got married in June. And then from there, we... We moved to York, Pennsylvania for a job opportunity and, and started our, our marriage together there. So, Wow. Yeah. So what year did you get married? Uh, you should know this. Ten. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. 13 years 13 ago, years 2010. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. And um, so you got married uh, up here in, in uh, Warren Center area, yep. right around family. And that's, at some point you all moved down is it close to what was it manheim or? uh yeah it was in yeah. willow street just south of lancaster well okay. we started in willow street and yeah. then moved to manheim okay once we um went on staff full-time at church and that was for uh church staff so yes. justin you went to school more school or you uh, got involved in ministry tell me about that decision and how you got there sure so uh that actually started I felt like God had a call in my life my senior year in college before I graduated, and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, I knew it was true. I needed to be obedient to what God was calling me to do. Um, but we were, as I said, engaged. We were ready to get married, ready to graduate. I'd uh, gone for engineering, and I didn't see how any of this fit into the plan we had and where we were going. Um, so I internalized that call for a number of years. I didn't even discussed it with Amber. Hmm. Um, and the Lord just continued to pursue me and made it more and more evident on how I need to be obedient to the call he'd put on my life to become a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so Amber and I were actually serving at a local church. We were there for a vacation Bible school and it was the end of the week and, uh, it was Friday night. We were, uh, you know, tearing everything down, getting everything set back up for Sunday. And I just felt like the Lord speak to me through the Holy Spirit saying that this would be the first time of many that you serve in the church like this. Hmm. And it was just one of the many confirmations God had given me about pursuing ministry. And so I kind of made a deal with God. I said, okay, well, I'm all in. 
but you have to get Amber into because I know Amber is a very detail oriented person. And I know she was going to have a lot of questions that I wouldn't have answers to. Um, so good counsel, yeah. uh, you know, a, a godly woman full of good counsel, you know, checking your blind spots for you. Right. Yeah. Right. And so when Amber and I had had a discussion later that night, just about serving in the church and what that looked like, I said, I just put it all out on the table. I said, this has been since I was a senior in college. Here's what God's been doing in my heart. And I know we need to be obedient to this. And I don't know what the next steps are. I don't know what this looks like if I'm going back to school. But I just know we need to pursue this. Yeah. And um, the Lord is so faithful. Uh, he met Amber had a whole list of requirements from the Lord. You know, <laughs> if, this is, if this is how you're going to lead and direct our family, here are my expectations. Um, and the Lord met every one of them. We just had Eli at the time, our yeah. oldest. And uh, I was able to do my schooling online um, and then uh, get my credentialed, uh, uh, my credentials uh, through Southeastern University out of Florida. Yep. And do like my practical part of schooling at church that we served in. Um, and so that's that started the process of becoming a credentialed minister, and it led us to being the youth pastors at the church we were attending. Okay. Yeah. All right. And how long were you um, the youth pastor there for? Or when, uh, when did you start there? So we were there five years on staff, okay. but we had served with the youth ministry as volunteers oh, okay. probably two years two prior years. to that. Okay. Do you remember what one of the biggest uh, things on your list was, Amber? Um, the time, like just having the time, like at that point we had Eli, um, I think I was pregnant with Noah yeah. and it was like, well, how are you going to do that and go to school? And another thing was to be able to afford it. Like right. we have student loans from our college degrees that, you know, now we're not going to use. I'm a stay at home mom. He was doing engineering and it's like, well, now what? You know, like, Lord, how are we going to make all this work? Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, every single one of those questions was answered when we had our meeting at the church with one of the other pastors and they told us about the PIT program and okay. he had started walking through that. And through that process, that's when we worked a lot with the youth and you became the interim youth pastor in that time period. So, but yeah. Yeah. The PIT um, program just answered pastors and training. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was six months. Those six months were hard mm -hmm. uh, to where I had a full time job, almost two, because then I was had all the responsibilities of the youth ministry as well. Yeah. Um, and that was it was a long six months. Uh, we had spoke to the staff at that church, and they had said how you know you're just going to be pursuing God's will for who who He has for that position. And after those six months had come to a close, they felt like the Lord was having us step into that role. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was definitely a relief uh, from it was a lot to juggle for those six months. I wasn't home a lot, um, but uh, we knew as soon as they had offered us the position, knew it was the Lord's leading and, and we followed that. OK. And so bring us up to um, you've been in ministry now for, you know, five-ish years sure. and you know your story of redemption kind of starts there so yeah. Yeah. you know what um you know what what happened you know like yeah. what sure. uh what were you going through at the time what uh you know there was some infidelity involved some adulterous things and yeah um relationships that, that you had had and um yeah, bring, yeah. bring us through that um I think what had, uh, do you well, want to go yeah, ahead? I'll go ahead. Um, so <laughs> during that time period, it was total chaos. Um, our church had all of its main staff step down. Um, and oh, so there, there was lead. a lot of executive <laughs> pastoral turnover. Yep. The, the lead left, okay. the executive left, the children's pastor left. And there was some, <laughs> Just a lot. Oh, and we had a um, music pastor that was like music media and all that and all together. Um, he had come in and then left. 
Um, so there was like a lot of back and forth. Um, Justin was also, well, Justin and I had both picked up more ministry on top of all this going on too. Um, Justin was the interim youth director at one of the youth. Um, it was a uh, teen center yeah, in teen the community as the um, executive director. There. Yeah. So he was being the interim executive director. I was program director plus doing youth ministry. Um, we were starting to take over some youth ministry at all of our campuses. So there was three campuses at that point. Um, we were ministering to over a hundred students a week. Um, and we had no boundaries. Um, and then at that point we had Aaron and Gideon who were our, our twins and, and we skipped over yes two other, two other children in between well, your oldest and... yeah um so yeah so eli was five at the time noah was four abby was three and the twins were one okay so we had all that going on um yeah the twins so... were just just born yeah. yeah i mean and this all kind of took place over like months of like no boundaries mm -hmm. and us just mm -hmm running and running and running and there was non-stop it was all about ministry um most nights we would not see justin the first half of the week um thursday was his day off but that had soon become the day he worked at um the teen center so it, it was a lot of that um and can you see that in not just church organizations but any organization when there's executive leadership turnover mm -hmm. there's pressures to keep this thing going to yeah. keep the keep the beast alive right yeah, like sure. and so that means other people are stepping in maybe into roles they're not prepared for they're not um you know they're, it's not that they're gonna do a bad job they just they weren't necessarily prepared for it or they're stretching themselves too thin mm -hmm. um leads to a lot of other burnout and um, you know, so that's not, that's not unique to churches, but it is unique in that, you know, when it's, when it's a body of believers, when it's, it's the church, mm -hmm. um, that, that sudden vacuum, you know, something's got to fill it or someone's got to fill it. And yeah. you being the most tenured person there probably at the time, right. In, in a lot of ways, Close to it, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. it kind of was like, well, I guess it's you. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I'm sure you felt a lot of pressure and a responsibility and then started just bur turning and burning, right? Like everything. Yeah. I'm just involved in everything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was a lot of, like Amber had said, just kind of go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And it was like ministry had become my identity mm -hmm. is a big downfall. You know, as you, as you look back retrospectively, you see things so much more clear um, to where I was Pastor Justin, and ministry wasn't my call. It was what I did. It was my identity. And that was a huge part of where I started to lose myself in who I am. Um, is the demands of any job are high, but ministry never sleeps mm -hmm. and never stops mm -hmm. um, without the proper boundaries in place mm -hmm. um, that were so. Uh, desperately needed in our lives and uh the vast majority of them weren't there mm -hmm. um and you're so still it, less than how many years married then i mean eight ten yeah really. yeah yeah about yeah. ten years yeah yeah um and i want to want to hang out there a little bit justin you said ministry had become your identity mm -hmm. i think to a lot of outside church goers maybe they would say well what's wrong with that like why mm -hmm. that sounds like a good like if you're a pastor of course that's your identity you're called you know mm -hmm. you, you spent some time here saying i was called sure. into this and so why wouldn't you make that your identity yeah like walk us through like why is that a bad thing well um a call on your life for ministry is a is a high responsibility but it's not who you are mm -hmm. You know, and, and for me, I had allowed it to, I would feed into that, like ministry is what kept me going, like having more students there. And it, it, it was honestly like a drug, except it was ministry. Mm. 
you know, and it was just like, well, and you were encouraged a lot. There was a lot of just people, oh, look how wonderful you are. And, and parents that were having some issues with their kids were like, well, all they need to do is talk to Pastor Justin and Pastor Justin will get them figured out. And there was a lot of, I don't know what the word is for it. Like just that was who you were. You were there for the kids and it wasn't ever looked at as we were a family. Kind of became yeah. your own hero yeah. of, or a hero to yeah. the church of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. And expected to fix problems and that you're, you're the one who's like, just, Justin is doing right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not yeah. the Lord's doing it. Yeah. You know, and that, that and that's easy to change to feed to uh to like desire that then for sure you know when it's like it makes you feel good mm -hmm. in a very unhealthy way it makes you feel good yeah you know because you look at what you accomplished and you can you can it makes it easy to lose sight of what the lord's doing mm -hmm. you know and take that on yourself and be like where that is like you know a badge of honor and and pride you know um so those those years of ministry, like we really saw the Lord doing a work in the ministry, but I wasn't mature enough to handle it. You know, that that level of success. Yeah. You know, like so we started the youth ministry. We had more leaders there than we did students. And I remember some of those first few weeks and even months, you know, Amber and I would be driving back home and it's like, what are we doing here? You know, and then seeing the Lord work in the students' lives and bring other students in and open up other opportunities of ministry that we stepped into, um, then it started like speaking at camps and, and conventions and things like that. Um, it, it began, that's when I began to feed on it, you know, and, and that's, and it consumed me. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I, I think everything had started was we were no longer really a, a married couple we lived in the same house but there was no marriage there to speak of mm. because i got distracted mm -hmm. and um you know we we say it all the time but it really is like that slow fade mm -hmm. you know it's if you don't have safeguards in place and boundaries in place um before you know it you're losing what's most important to you and it's slipping away and you do you don't even know it um yeah and it's it's a spiral that goes so quickly out of control um to where you you don't even really understand that it's that it's happening um but it's all unfolding and then you just don't know what to do mm -hmm. it's like how do you stop you know it's like well we're invested in this ministry it's what god's called us to do like we can't walk away from it. Um, and so you just week after week, you just keep going. It's the same thing and nothing changes. And Amber and I were just drifting further and further mm -hmm. and further apart. What was the, oh, did you have something else? Oh, no. And whenever you said that, it's like, and I left you. Like at one point I thought to myself, like, what's the point of me trying to be at church or trying to be, a good wife at this point whenever obviously he doesn't want it and maybe it's just better I stay out of the way and maybe it's that that's quote unquote my cross to bear mm. in this season and um, there was a lot of bitterness and anger that I had towards the church um, and later on would find that out through tons of counseling we did <laughs> and um you know and just how unhealthy i was in the sense of like i was physically emotionally just and spiritually just ill you know there was nothing about my life that was healthy at that mm -hmm. point you know looking back to that season you know justin where you and amber you know when when you were drifting apart um you found eyes for another yeah, yeah, at some point there, what was like looking back? Hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can see things so much clearer now. But like, what were some of the drifting moments that that you could look back now and say, "Boy, if you're experiencing this in your marriage, like you mm -hmm. need to, you know, you need to really 
come back together because the next step is some someone potentially being unfaithful or you know a divorce you know like what were the if you're looking back like what what were those things like what was the home environment like the marriage marriage bed like what you know yeah um like there's no communication except here's the schedule here's what we're doing there was no like i didn't date my wife anymore Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't invest in my marriage anymore um, because I was investing everything I had into ministry. And then, as you said, um, what led to an affair. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was no we were there was so much tension at home. Um, like it was just we would fight, we would argue. And then like I said, I'd be home late. We'd argue, go to bed, get up, leave early, and there was just no, our marriage hadn't been fed for a long time, mm-hmm. and there was no no investment there, and whatever you don't feed, it starts to die, and our marriage was was slowly dying, mm-hmm. um, and if it wasn't for the grace of God, it, it would have, um, so yeah, I think for me, that was what I'm spending my time on is what's truly important. We say it, but it's, it's true. Hmm. And I was no longer spending time in my marriage. Um, even before that, I wasn't investing in my own spiritual life that had started to fade. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, well, how can you do that? You're, you're a pastor. That was my next question. And, and it was, <laughs> uh, like, I never experienced such inner struggle than preaching on a Wednesday night and having an affair Thursday night. Mm -hmm. I was literally, it was literally tearing me apart. Mm. And as it should have been. Sure. Right. I mean, that'd be even scarier if you felt like that's not a big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you could see it in him. I mean, he was physically and emotionally just not the same person. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point I'm like, I don't even know who you are because I, I just the person he was when we got married was not the person he was, you know, mm-hmm. and I could see it in him and I could feel it. Like, and I remember one time we were, I was sitting on the front porch and I was praying and hiding from the kids to get my Bible time in and <laughs> hiding on the porch and just praying everybody stays in their nap time area so that I can get 20 minutes to myself. Um, but I, I remember praying, I'm like, Lord, what's wrong with my husband? You know, like, whatever this is, you got to get it out of him. Like, you either got to expose it or give me a door out because I can't live like this. And I was just so depressed. And um, when you feel like there's something wrong, you need to say something. You know, and that was my biggest thing. I just kept burying it, burying it, shove it down. It's it's fine. You know, just keep pressing on. You know, I have a, a drive in me. I'm, you know, one of those ki- like one of those people that just will work myself to death just because I I want to do it. So I'm going to do it, you know, and I'll make it work. And um, which later would come in handy. But um, in that mindset, it wasn't good. Um, we ha- well, and we had saw it. I had gone to um, one of the pastors' one of the, wives. I was going to say, well, um, yeah, I had gone to one of the pastors' wives, and I said, "There's something wrong with my husband." And I said, "I don't, I don't know what to do." And she said, "Well, it's not really convenient time right now to be losing it, so you need to keep it together for a little bit." And um, that was another one of those things that you look back and you're like, "Why?" Did I listen to that? You know, this counsel wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I should have said something. Um, so it was hard. I mean, there was a lot of life lessons later that we'd see looking back being like, well, mm-hmm. there's a lot of missed, like we missed it. You know, we could mm-hmm. have stepped in and done something. I had no accountability in my life. Yeah. Nobody to be like, hey, <laughs> you know, how was your how's your relationship with the Lord? You know, anyone there to, to, to push me, to ask me those questions. Um, so I just would go alone, you know, yeah. go, go on my own. And 
that was another thing. Like if, if you would say something to look at, like who do you have in your life that's going to call those things out in you and ask you those hard questions because they love you and care about you. Um, because those are absolutely critical and crucial to have. Yeah. Or else you were not designed to do life alone. Mm-hmm. Um, in a marriage context, but even in like other brothers in the Lord, there to support each other and encourage each other and to call each other out when it's necessary. Um, I didn't have that in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was another key that, that looking back was missing, that if it was in place, things could have been different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's my own doing, you know, that to, I should have sought out those relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and had those in place as yeah. safeguards. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> my perspective not being, uh, you know, we didn't attend that church or anything, but, you know, I think it's also important for your elder and deacon boards to understand their mm-hmm. pastor's needs. And, and, you know, I don't think your story is terribly uncommon as far as, you know, just pastoral burnout or not feeling like the pastor can share their sins or share Mm -hmm. what they're struggling with in their marriage with anyone else, because you're supposed to be who everybody looks to, like you're supposed to be perfect behind the pulpit. Hmm. And, you know, I think elder boards and deacon boards need to be that safe space for mm-hmm. those pastors or encourage those pastors to say, Hey, if you don't feel comfortable here sharing that you need to f- find someone you're comfortable with, right? Yeah, because we know that we're all, all have sinned and yeah. fallen short. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we love you pastor, but we also love the fact that you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, because we don't expect you to be, you know, we expect you to mm-hmm. strive to be Christ-like. And, you know, when you, fall, repent, and, you know, yeah. you don't have to air your dirty laundry in front of the congregation necessarily, but, you know, I, I think it is important for, you know, mm-hmm. counsel, unfortunately, like that, Amber, says we care more about this institution than we do you. Right. And that's right. that's not biblical. Yeah. Um, so, um, affair comes out at some yeah. point. So... And, yeah, I I got to the point, like I said, that inner turmoil I was talking about, I couldn't keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think it was an answer to Amber's prayers, you know? Yeah, um, either reveal it or... Or the Lord will, well, you, yeah. you know? And the crazy part was, that was less than a week from that prayer. Wow. Less than a week. Yeah. I mean, it it was like, God was like... Because I even in that prayer, like, there was part of me that even felt like the Lord, like, get ready. You know, like I, and I knew whatever it was, it wasn't going to be good. It's a scary prayer to Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and something we didn't say before was whenever I was praying about ministry, when we entered into ministry, um, I said to the Lord, I said, I didn't sign up to be a pastor's wife. I signed up to marry someone that was going into the workforce as an engineer ministry. I love Jesus. And I'm I'm here to serve, but not that Lord. And I was walking Eli because he had colic and it, the kid never slept. It was horrible. Um, so the only time he slept was whenever I would walk him in the stroller. And I remember the Lord saying to me, I have you. I have you right where I need you. Mm. And I took that as confirmation as we're, we're going to do ministry. And that's okay. And because the Lord has me. Um, so later to come along Justin yeah yeah so I I got to that point to where I had to make a decision I'm like because I I can't go another day like this Mm -hmm. um I'm either going to I'm at a crossroads I'm either going to walk away from Amber and the kids pursue this drop ministry pursue this other relationship and basically have a it it would be a reset on on my life at at that point Mm -hmm. um I felt just such a heavy conviction from the Lord. Um, I called our, at that point, the church had found a, a lead pastor. Okay. I I called him. It was actually Sunday. We we had left. I left church. You were home with the kids. I called him and said, listen, I've got something really important I need to talk to you about. Uh, he had something going on that day. He said, meet me in my office. It was like 10 o'clock that night. Mm. And so I go and I sit down with him. I'm just like, hey. 
I need to let you know, for the last almost a month now, I've been engaged in an affair. Um, I need to repent of that. I understand what that means, that I'm stepping down from my position here at the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just could not, I could not keep going the way I was. And so that was a huge, we met for a few hours, you know, and, and discuss what that looks like. Like I was no longer employed. We no longer had housing because it was the church's parsonage. Mm-hmm. We had a month to get out. Um, I had to go home and talk to my wife sure, and see if there was, to see if there was anything to go home to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had made up in my mind already that Amber was going to leave with the kids. Yeah. And uh, that's when, like, that's when Grace showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I went home. It was about midnight. And I remember just sitting in the living room with Amber and telling her everything. And again, in my mind, I'd already believed that Amber was going to leave and take the kids. And mm-hmm. it was basically going to be get out and go. And had no idea what was what the next few hours were going to hold, you know. Um, so I confessed everything to Amber. She said she just needs time to think about this, you know, and just to process everything. And, uh, the kids were all in bed. Amber left for the night and said, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, it was like that, that night I hardly slept at all. You know, I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Um, there was part of me that was so relieved to at least come clean with everything. Um, and then the other part of me was like, I have no idea where I go from here now. Um, I don't know what Amber's going to say tomorrow. I don't know what to prepare for. I know I don't have a job. I know we have to move. We can't stay here. Um, and so I had no idea what was next. Um, you had come back that the next morning. The next morning, yeah, I'd gone and stayed with my my parents, yeah, um, for the night, and I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> Did you tell your parents? Yeah, I told my parents. Um, they had actually been living with us. For yeah, the last they were living with few us. months, helping take care of the twins. <laughs> yeah, when we brought them home. Um, mm. Well, and they were in the process. There was a big mess on my side of the family um, that was going on. My parents were losing their jobs that they. Their only jobs that they had ever had, um, well, not ever, but they'd worked there. My dad was there thirty years, years and they were they were losing that, possibly losing their house up in Lock Haven, and um, just some issues with my brother, and um, it was just so much, and it just it felt totally overwhelming, and I think I felt numb at that point like it just I couldn't comprehend what was even going on um so yeah we uh I came back and I told Justin I'm like I'm willing to give it a shot to fix this so what Um, you through that like how do you even come to that that doesn't seem natural yeah and like such a quick like it seems like a just one night I mean give it a shot is we'll go to church and talk. <laughs> I I didn't know what we were going to do other than we're going to go to the church and talk to the lead pastor. And uh, I don't know. We'll, 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 I don't know. We'll it's figure something out. Hour by hour. At yeah. This point, yeah. I imagine. And I think there was a lot of um, just shock and like, what, what do we do? Like, this is so like, We've never been here before. Right. right. I've got five kids at this point. Right. Day, yeah. And no job. Right. No house. No house. We, yeah. And we have no clue what we're doing. And um, I was also in the process of our big fundraiser for our teen center. I was in the process of doing that. So there was a lot of this stuff going on. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, so we went to church. And that was, it was just, it was a mess. Everything was a mess. And um, 
I think it's it, very just... important in those moments, like what voices you listen to. Yeah. Um, Amber had, um, and I understand, like biblically, Amber had every right to divorce me. You know, she was in her right, and I knew that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I knew that. You know, it's like, what leg did I have to stand on to convince her to stay? Um, but God is always a God of restoration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He always desires that. Yeah. Um, no matter what the circumstances mm-hmm. are, or yeah. the details that surround them. You know, short. I know there's a situation where there's like there's abuse and that, and there's unhealthy mm-hmm. relationships to stay in. Um, but God is a God of restoration. And that night, I believe is what was the seed of that restoration starting to where Amber just saying, I'll give it, I'll try. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I, that's all I can tell you right now Mm -hmm. is I'll try. Um, but for me, that was, that was everything because there, there was a little bit of hope that we maybe we'll stay together then, you know? Um, and honestly, that's all I needed was a little bit of hope. Um, and I've said it before, but when you came back and you said, you're at least willing to try, that's short of what I've seen Jesus do for me on the cross. That's, I've never seen grace in a person in a greater way than that. Than what you showed me. Um, and that was that was a big turning point for us. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of hard decisions to make. Um, there was a lot of struggle along the way, a lot of pain, um, a lot of abandonment by people. Um, I went even. Th- oh, go ahead. I went through a really dark time, like. Um, it, like the first week of it was like, it, you didn't even know what you were doing. You like, couldn't even figure out, like at one point I thought I'm going to feed my kids and that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to get my kids up. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to send Eli to school and that that's what I can control and that's what I can do. And hopefully no one shows up at the house to have anything ugly to say to me because, yeah. you know, but, um, it it kind of reached a, a point um, where I was standing in our closet down there and I knew that Justin had a gun up there and I was like, Lord, it's so easy. Like I could, I could end it. You know, I could, I could end it all. And um, I just remember the Lord just being like, Amber, I had you. I had you from the beginning when you entered into this. And I have you now, you know, even though you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, there was just a lot of those moments where you're just like, Lord, I don't feel like you have me, you know, mm-hmm. and, but he does, you know, he's there. He's there sure. in those moments. He's there mm-hmm. when you're committing those, you know, sinful acts and he's there after to catch you, you know, and just to pull you up out of the, the big old heap of mess you made. You know, I opened yeah. up to Romans chapter five when you said God's a God of reconciliation, and it says, um, five verse ten. For if while we were enemies, which I think when we're sinning, we're definitely enemies of God, mm. we were reconciled. So while we were enemies, we were reconciled. Yeah, in <clears throat> to God by the death of His Son. Much more now or much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Mm. And, you know, that verse just kind of popped in when you mentioned God's a God of reconciliation, because he absolutely wants, and he's reconciling you right now, even Mm. though while you're you're an enemy of his. He reconciled you already. Yeah, And, you know, that's true as a, of unbelievers who haven't come to that realization and sure it's true of you know someone who grew up in church and mm-hmm. you know had a falling away had a moment of weakness a month of weakness two months of weakness and um you yeah. know are need to be reminded of that reconciliation and 
you know, the beautiful thing looking back now, as I've seen both of you is like, you both had that spirit of reconciliation. I don't know when it kind of solidified that you both, but like you, you know, it's so easy to be like, um, off, like one person wants to reconcile and then the other person's like kind of dug in. Oh, I'm not really interested. And then like it flips. Right. And then, so now it's like, well, I was willing to, but now I'm not cause you weren't really. And, but then the other person's like, well, I'm ready now. And like eventually somehow getting on that same page to yeah. where you both are pulling towards the goal together again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for me, I, looking back, I, I think that one of your better decisions <laughs> when you're looking for a place was to, surround yourself with um family yeah and you know i don't know how you got to that that but it it brought you back here and i love that (laughs) we love that but um you know what i guess you know if we i don't know if we have time to go through your whole restoration Mm -hmm. process but there was a process it was a long (laughs) it was a long time of like getting through that yeah i have so many we definitely need another i mean we can keep going but there was just, there's so much to unpack on like, mm. how do you start Amber? Like yeah. if my husband's unfaithful to me, how do I even start? And like, what does month two look like? What does month six look like? What is day, hour, this, like, how do you even mm. walk through that? And like, cause it wasn't a smooth process. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had to get out of the parsonage and that process was just before that like when you were talking Dave um like one thing the Lord kept reminding me through this process was his faithfulness isn't dependent on me being faithful Mm -hmm. you know it's the same thing you're reading from Romans yeah um and we saw God's faithfulness every step of the way like within it was less than 48 hours I had a job opportunity yeah while we were in this in between time of not knowing what was going on. Did and you having... seek that out? Or no. Kind of no. Uh, he called me. Okay. It was a, a guy I knew had a construction company. Yeah. And he was connected to the teen center mm-hmm. and knew what was going on. And he said, Hey, I don't know if you want to, but for however long it is, do you want to come work with me? You can work with me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it stirs my spirit. Cause that's, that's a man who, some thunder going on right now god's (laughs) god's speaking um i think that's a man who 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 had his his finger on the pulse Mm -hmm. like he saw and i don't know how that relationship ended or or if if that was all on good terms like that's somebody who's like this this man is wounded right now Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna pick him up yeah like you know i know he doesn't have this job i have this company and that's, that's, I know that's one of the passions about like with Kemuel and Zion who are here with me yeah. often, like building a Christian business. Right. And right. like, it's more than just work. It's so they can be able to potentially do something like that or provide employment. And yeah. that was, that's just, we need those men in our lives. And, mm. and at the time he was on the periphery probably of your life, you know, like sure. you knew each other, but like, what a, like, that's a guy you want in a foxhole with you when the yeah. world is falling apart because he had his finger on the pulse and said this marriage does not need financial difficulties while they're trying to figure this out because yeah. that's just another stressor and i can fix that problem mm-hmm. and i'm going to reach out and do something yeah. so yeah. i love he, that guy I don't he know actually <laughs> yeah he actually had called me before he called justin and that was it was so sweet because at that point mm-hmm. i we were like just tail spinning like like what are we doing you know and um, he he's like, hey, you know, do you, do you have milk in the refrigerator? Do you need anything? And he's like, you know, and how are you doing? You know, he he checked on me and he's like, I, I want to offer this job to Justin if that's OK with you. Yeah. And I said, I would love that, you know, and if you want to be the church, be that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was totally genuine and just. Uh, just pure love you know yeah. and there's no condemnation or anything because no. like that first day going to work i was riding with him yeah. and we actually work in near jersey and i'm like what's he gonna say when i get in your truck <laughs> you know these thoughts go through what does he think of me you know he knows everything that's gone on and there was none of that mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's just like 
hey man, glad you're here. Here's what we're doing today. Same thing, like, how, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, really, how are you doing? And that was like the first relationship I had back in my life to where somebody who was actually there who cared, who yeah. was going to help build this back up, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes people just need milk in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you know, it, it's it's not you don't need to say anything spiritual when someone's going through something terrible. Sometimes they just need a hug and mm-hmm. hey, here's a gallon of milk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sometimes you need to take a page out of Job's friends, the like version one, right? Yeah. Where they just came and just sat with Job. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, that was like just their be best present. move. <laughs> yeah. The rest yeah, of the book, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, we just need to mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. We don't have to fix their problems. I remember uh, hearing a, a sermon on Jesus um, going to um, Lazarus, right? Yeah. Like, and like he mourns. That's that's that verse. Jesus mm-hmm. wept. Right. He mourned over the loss of his friend, even though he knows he's going to uh, he's going to raise a guy from the grave. Right. Like, why would Denny show up and be like, hold on, guys, don't mourn. Yeah. Watch this, you know, but he didn't. He right. mourned with those who mourned. He mourned over the loss of his friend and he took that time. And I think that's, you know, one of the key lessons of that story yeah. and that maybe is, I've always overlooked it. Like, I've never really mm. captured that before. Like, and, but that's what, you know, when you're hurting, when you're, you're in the trenches, so to speak, when you're in that right. deep valley of despair, the shadow of death, literally to, to you, yeah. Amber, in, in that closet, right? The shadow of death yeah. hanging over you. Mm-hmm. That's what you need is a phone call to say, you have milk in the fridge. What can yeah. I do? You know? Yeah. So absolutely. Mm, that's yeah. powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, we, we, you know, from there, um, it was a the beginning of of the rebuild. You know, of what should have been there, um, and seeing God's faithfulness every step of the way again was like so crucial. Yeah. Um, because for me, like I was internalizing still a lot of Amber had forgiven me and like fully forgiven me, and I wouldn't forgive myself for quite a while. There's a lot of shame and guilt that I carried, like self-punishing myself because I deserve, in my head, I deserved it, you yeah. know, because look at what you did. Look at the pain you caused. Look at what you did to these kids, to their mother, to your wife, to a church body that I had given you, you, you know, a, a seat of authority in and how you affected the lives of those students. And um, there was so much of that to where, it, it was it was almost just too much to bear, you, yeah. you know, and and so a lot of that I just carried with me, um, and slowly the Lord would would work would work that would show me how He's even forgiven me of my shame and guilt mm-hmm. um, through lots of counseling, you know, in, individual counseling, um, and seek out you find yourself in a in a scenario like that it's. Godly counseling is the only counseling that'll bring, that'll address the root issue of these problems. Um, this is just not advice. It's it's the word of God coming through a person. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through a person to bring healing and restoration that's needed. It's a it's a deep work yeah. that needs to take place. Um, that had to take place in me um, as we slowly became back to who God had created me to be. Mm-hmm. It was like a restoration of identity. Like I think I had said at the beginning yeah. that the Lord was reminding me of who you are, Justin, because you're not, uh, God doesn't identify us by our sin, you know, and have that be our identity. He knows who we are. He knows who he's created us to be, mm-hmm. um, what he's called us to do despite of our failures and shortcomings, um, he knows, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. And, um, it's like when he spoke that identity over Jesus, when Jesus was being baptized, this is before Jesus had done any of his earthly ministry. He said, this is my son in whom I love mm-hmm. with him. I'm well pleased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Lord reminded me of that a lot mm-hmm. because I felt like 
well, I can't accomplish anything for you because I can't minister underneath the call you've given me because that's all taken away because of my sin. Yeah. And I would say, you're my son. I love you. And I'm proud of you. Um, and that was hard to, I know it was true, but it was hard to allow myself to believe that and accept that Yeah, because of my sin of an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like, if I would allow it, it would overshadow the grace that God would give me, the love that Amber would give me, um, until I finally got free from that, that guilt and shame mm-hmm. that I was carrying for a while. Yeah. I'm just interested to know how Amber, how you were able to forgive. Like what? What? What process? I mean, there's probably a ton of yeah. processing. <laughs> I think that's. I just, if you, we don't have another hour. Yeah. <laughs> if someone is going through this, yeah. Help them, like in the initial stages, or what? What was it that you said? You said godly counsel that you went to. I mean, help somebody out. Or just feeding the kids. This is what I can do right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, up through the process. Yeah, I, I'm curious too. Yeah. Um, at first it was just going through the motions and giving your time, like giving yourself time to mourn and to grieve and to feel. Um, but don't, don't act on your crazy feelings because there were times where I was like, I'm loading these kids up and I'm out of here, you know? And it's like, no, I know that's not what the Lord has for us. You know, I know he wants me to stay. And, and I'm, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a fighter, you know, I'll fight to the death. And I think that was something that helped me, um, you know, just like, Lord, as long as he'll stay, I'll keep fighting, you know, and if he's willing to fight, I'm willing to fight. And we just, we just kept going. And, um, I think at like one point too, it was kind of a blessing in a way that we pretty much lost everything. Um, you know, we lost our house, lost the job, lost a lot of friends because it, the only thing left was us. And the Lord. And the Lord, yeah. yeah. And it was like, you know, uh, what do I lose? I'm not losing anything. I can only gain, you know, at this point. And so, um, yeah, and there was times where I was like, Lord, this is, this is stupid. Like, I just, I want to be out. Like, I just want to, I just want to go. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with the drama of this. I just want to be done. And, um, you know, and, and, and being spiritually strong myself, like if you're going through something like this, you need to get in the word. You need to surround yourself with the word and worship music. If you can't read it, if, if life is just so hard, you put on worship music and you just cry out to the Lord. And that was some of it. Some of it was just putting worship music on and cleaning like a mad woman because that was all I knew how to do at the moment, you know? And it was something you could control. Yeah, something I can control. Wiping down wiping down cupboards <laughs> at my Aunt Robin's house for the hundredth time because there was a speck on there and I just wanted to get it off and and that was what I could do at the moment. But um that and putting people in your life, purposely putting good, godly people in your life. Um, one of the things that was really, I mean, it goes along with the gentleman that gave Justin his job, um, Tina. Um, she, I don't think she even knows it, but that woman saved me <laughs> a lot because there was times where I couldn't even, we lived right next door, uh, which a lot of people wouldn't know. Um, we lived literally next door to them for a while. And um, I, the kids would go over and play with her kids. And it gave me a minute, you know. And a lot of the time I needed a minute, you know. And I'd lay the twins down and the other kids would go over and play at Tina's house. And it was real sad when they stopped coming over. <laughs> yeah, we did miss. Own house. We're like, <laughs> yeah. And uh I hang out at Tina's a lot. So <laughs> in my life, plenty. Yeah, that woman. <laughs> She's a blessing for sure. Um, but yeah, it's you know, but having those people in your life are so important, you know. And that was what made us choose to come back here. Justin said to me, "He's like, um, like 
what is like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Um, because at that point we had nowhere to go and nothing. We were packing a moving truck, not knowing <laughs> yeah, where we were going. That was my favorite part of this. The whole thing was at one point we had the U-Haul truck in the driveway and someone's like, so where are you guys going? And we're like, well, there's a storage unit up in Binghamton and we're taking this stuff there. Cause we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we were packing to go nowhere. Um, and that was that was a kind of an interesting thing. But um actually in that we went into the house to have lunch after we were packing to go nowhere and jo- uh, Justin had actually received an email for another job offer up here and no. Monroe and not Monroe and uh, Montrose. So it it kind of like God kept he would open the doors when we needed them, you know, that encouragement to keep going and keep fighting so so yeah moved up here so we've definitely got to have you back to talk more about the process um i you know julie and i you guys are so dear to us um your story's powerful um you're reconciled one to another Mm -hmm. and you know god's reconciled each of you to himself uh individually but also i think collectively for a greater purpose and Mm -hmm. so you yeah. were out of ministry for a while, or you were in ministry, out of ministry for a while. We've checked some boxes. You guys are, I mean, just like a power couple now. Like, <laughs> I just, uh, what's like, what do you see God's plan in the future? Um, mm. Now that he's brought you through this, like he's, he's brought you through this for a purpose. Yeah. And like, what, what is that purpose? Or do you know yet? Or what? Um, we, like through this whole process, maybe that second part, we'll, we'll touch more about the redemption, but mm-hmm. um, like I've always had it in my heart. Like God's like, I've got more for you to do. Like your sin doesn't mean I no longer call you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's been, that's been big for us to where it was like, all right, Lord, I know you still want to use us in ministry and we trust you. And it's kind of like, I felt a lot like David at times mm. when like uh, Samuel came to anoint him as king and then he's out there taking care of sheep, you know, to where it's like, all right, Lord, prepare me for the opportunity that you have ahead. Mm. You know, like prepare my character for what you have for us. Um, and I know our testimony, our story now, of what God has brought us through is a big part of what we're going to minister through and out of um, to give hope to other people that are maybe, you know, a, a drug addict. It was like, I have nowhere to go. It's like, I was at a moment in my life where I had nowhere to go, but I ran to the Lord and here's what happened. Um, so I know the Lord's, he took what Satan meant for evil, what Satan tried to, Satan tried to take us out, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, use it, the Lord's using it for his good. Um, it's opened up so many doors of opportunity to speak life into other couples when we see like a struggle in their marriage and be like, listen, we're sitting on this couch because we found ourselves in the same position you were in and we had to run to the Lord. And here's a story of what he's done for us. Do you need some milk? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. So more on the horizon, still seeking that God's plan, but I um I know that you uh you both are gonna seek that plan together. Which yes. is yeah. the whole point of this mm-hmm. to round it all out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's the whole point is you're together, you're yeah. reconciled, you're seeking God, seeking yeah. God you're that three stranded cord that we talk yeah. about so much more now. Uh, I see it in you. Um I'll be a testament to mm. you both uh, because, you know, you, you're doing life together. You're doing it well. You're doing it right. Uh, you've got a great family. You've got great devotion to your kids. And I see you guys pulling together. And uh, if I ever see you drifting apart, I'm going to call you out on it because I'm that kind of friend. <laughs> That's right. We need that. We need those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do. So anything so, else you guys wanted to yeah. share today or? We got to have episode two because yeah. there's so much more to their story. We uh, we just don't have time on this episode, but yeah, we'll definitely get part two in. Don't waste your grace. 
mm-hmm. you know, that God's given you, don't, don't waste it. Yeah. Um, cause it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, there's so much freedom when you share your story that others need to know. Um, not only is it bringing freedom to us, but bring freedom to others that, that they'll be able to experience that same grace and freedom. Um, so whatever you've walked through, it doesn't, it doesn't disqualify you. Um, the Lord restores and redeems, and he's, he's a God of second chances and third chances. And he gives you hope when you need it. Um, if you run to him, if you cling to him, he's, he's always faithful. I, I always think like God didn't just restore my marriage. He made it better than it was, you know, and, you know, God doesn't takes not that god took it away but like god won't let something go out of your life without replacing it with something wonderful Mm -hmm. you know and just allowing god to work on it i mean our marriage is rock solid now like you know it just we we've been through the fire and we made it and you know we have a lot more fight in us you know and (laughs) we're good yeah yeah i was thinking we just recently watched the jesus revolution and i just Mm -hmm. love one of the quotes that um, the, his wife in the movie said to, I think it's the path was Chuck Smith. I can't remember. Anyway, she said, don't be arrogant enough to think that God can't use you through your failures. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Just keep, God can use you. Yeah. Amen. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Thank you, Justin Amber. Your story is powerful. Thank you for being on the Upper Room Family Podcast. We'll see you. Uh, again, because we got version two or uh, episode two with you guys coming up. Thanks for being here. Thank you.